So, yeah, so we were talking about the Eagles, the they, concert, listening yeah. to Hotel California. We were reminiscing um, right now. It was awesome. It was yeah, amazing. We, we went to an Eagles concert on Saturday night. We had the time of our lives. We sure did. And the time before that was pretty fun, too. Yeah. <laughs> and after. <laughs> we posted a couple pictures. Uh, we went to a new bar called, what's it? Uh, Bitter and Twisted? Bitter and Twisted. Super cool bar. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. I loved all the drinks. I loved their menu. Just like the whole ambiance of the place. It was great. I agree. I think the customer service could have did a little bit. At least when we got there, the customer service wasn't great. But we got our drinks. It was fine. It was fine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, because of the doorman. Not even the doorman. It was more the waitress that I was more irritated with. Really? Yeah. She, um, I thought it was just me, but, um, yeah, she's like, when she took Sergio's order, then she rolled her eyes trying, like with a smile on her face. So I'm not sure if maybe that's just the way she I think because before you guys had got there, Mark was already like being Mark with her. Yeah. And she, she was kind of like having that banter with him already. Oh, so maybe I she gotcha. was just already like, you know, you you're absolutely the right. Cause we actually got there a little bit late, but she was very nice to me. So, right. um, me and Alma actually got up to go take a picture in front of this. It was a 10-foot woman or 10-foot... It was actually a huge picture. We didn't but actually it was a picture get to take of, that picture. No, we were dancing in the restroom instead. <laughs> <laughs> People knocking on the door like, what the fuck are you guys doing? We're like, we're dancing. Leave us alone. <laughs> yeah, we were we were feeling pretty good before we even got to the concert. Definitely, definitely, definitely. But it was an amazing concert. Night yeah. to remember. We went to Cornish Pastry afterwards. So if you're downtown Phoenix, just know that that place closes at 2 o'clock. Um, food is fantastic. Yes, yes. Old fashions are real good there, too. I had a chicken portobello pasty. I had the peppers, steak peppers. It was good. It was yummy. Yeah, I... I haven't tasted anything there that I didn't like yet. Same, same, same. So, how was your day? It was good. Um, what do we do this week besides the concert? I do have notes, so let's go to my notepad. Hold on, it's notepad. just Monday. Well, still, I had a weekend, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. It's uh, drama, Rama at Hernandez household all the time. Hold on, maybe we should introduce ourselves. Oh, that might help. Huh? <laughs> I'm Alma. I'm Yvette, and we're Tipsy Tales. Tales. You got it. So, okay. We went to a wine tasting on Friday. Okay. Um, We usually go to our local Total Wine. um, Had a bunch of whiskeys. So, I was feeling real good on my way. Feeling really, apparently I'm feeling good now. But I was feeling pretty good on our way home. Um, So, we had to stop and get some food. Sat there, ate at Chili's, had a mediocre burger. Walked home because we're not that far from there. And as I'm walking home, I'm trying to listen to some Eagles music because we're going to the concert that next day. Um, I'm excited. And all of a sudden, I'm hear this, ah, ah, ah. And then the jumping around from my husband, well, freaks me the fuck out. And I start screaming and running. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you went from... <laughs> just... I'm looking at my phone. <laughs> and I was like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> running. And then I'm like, what was that? And he's like, those roaches back there. Didn't you see them? And I'm like, are you fucking kidding? I peed a little for no reason. (laughs) (laughs) Did you say you peed a little? I did. I I said, you scared me. And he's just like, did you see them? You have flip flops. You would be more afraid of them. I'm like, seriously, I peed a little man because you scared me. So Kegel started that night. (laughs) 
joys of being over 40. <laughs> and a mother. Oh, so that was definitely my, uh, that was my story for them. That's pretty much my story and my week from the last time we, last time we did the podcast simply because we, um, with our schedule, sometimes we have to reschedule. Yeah. We get busy in life, so we have to reschedule. Yeah. Literally, it's just been four or five days. Yeah. So this time we're trying to get on track, trying to keep it straight. Right. We're real hungover yesterday. Just a little. (laughs) Just a little. Nothing got done in my house. I was completely worthless all day. Girl, same. I got up. I did some research. Burly. Burly. (laughs) Right. We're like both cramming for our stories today. (laughs) But otherwise, it was still a great weekend, though. Was it? So anytime we and Alma get to hang out, though, it's always fun. Yes, definitely. Always memories. We're talking about it for weeks after that. Oh, goodness. (laughs) (laughs) We have stories for days, years, I'm telling you. God, it was such a good time. It was. It was. Great. All right, what are we drinking? We are drinking. Actually, I decided to do a budget wine, not for any other reason, but I usually have um, some wine because reds go bad so fast that I um, I try to get a budget wine during the week when it's one of those days where I, I don't feel like adulting anymore, so I pour myself some wine, but then I don't drink it for a couple of more days, and after that, it just kind of tastes funky. So the... Budget-friendly wine. Um, it's called Sideshow, and I have a picture of it on Instagram. It's a blend. It's called a Puppet Master. It's probably like a nine or ten dollar bottle of wine at your fries or wherever you're at it's Kroger, maybe. So um, I do have another bottle of wine I'll bring next Monday. That's a little bit better. So I think I've had this one before. I like it's it. It's not bad. It's good with fruit. It is. Everything's good with fruit for me. I hear you, girl. I'm a fruity girl. I, I like steak. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm going to leave that one alone. As soon as, as soon as that word came out of my mouth, because now I have to be real careful with the, with my next phrase. You have to be careful what you say around me. Yes. 100% yes. Mine goes straight to the gutter. <laughs> okay. Something's up so with my sound right now because it cuts out. So I have to be right up in the microphone. Okay. I'm going to have just to slob loud. the knob. So... <laughs> sorry <laughs> oh no oh wow that wine worked quick right i'm just saying i just barely started drinking <laughs> or maybe that's just my natural state of being go i think we were hungover so we may be shampooing today oh I, yeah we're definitely doing that <laughs> I'm not even sure if we even put the definition of shampooing on here. What is shampooing? Okay. Dun, dun, dun. Drum roll, please. Okay, so we used to call it redrunk, but my daughter came home and informed me that it's called shampooing. That's a definition, pretty much. (laughs) I have nothing behind it. So apparently it's a verb. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Apparently it contains alcohol in order to be able to do this so shampooing yeah. shampooing we're definitely re-drinking redrunk we're- i don't know what we're talking about again <laughs> oh that's right we're doing a podcast I'm- yeah oh there you go i thought it was just you know all righty so what's your story let's get to the meat okay meat and potatoes so my story i actually i was actually listened to my favorite murder podcast which is one of my favorites to hear and they mentioned a show called um your worst nightmare so I decided to check it out 
and just found a story off of there. I swear, watching that gave me the creeps. So that's really? kind of what I did yesterday, um, besides a separate research um, through a couple of different websites. It scared really the shit out of me. Um, pit of my stomach, just kind of queasy feeling, but maybe it was just home over, but it just wasn't. <laughs> Could be. Maybe. But it's just one of those shows that you can't watch at night before you go to sleep. Let's right. just put it that way. So... My story is the um, disappearance of Sandy Jeffers. Okay. Ooh. So, I don't think I've heard this one. She is a 25 year old student. She's attending the University of Tennessee. Um, she is majoring in forensic anthropology. She's getting ready to graduate. So, she's within a few days. She's doing all her finals. Um, her family, um, well, I say I'm a lot, so I apologize drinking game woo, woo. no sorry anyways <laughs> okay back back okay whoever's listening on tuesday and has the day off every time yvette says um you have to take a drink okay water <laughs> good soda, luck wine we don't whiskey. take any responsibility if you end up in the hospital <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much thanks for the support <laughs> Okay, so her family describe her as being just a hard worker, always been dedicated to um, her school, her academics, that she was even valedictorian in her senior class graduating high school. Um, so right now, as, you know, graduation's coming for her degree, she's crazy studying finals. You know, she has a job. I mean, so she's just going, she's just going, going, going nonstop. They say her family says she was pretty quiet. If she wasn't doing her studying or working, she was actually spending a lot of time with her long-term boyfriend. Um, she worked at a local credit union at a bank. Um, she was a teller. She lived off campus in an apartment. So about five days before she's about to graduate, she comes home, grabs her mail, walks into her apartment, and notices that she has an overdraft, a letter that has an overdraft statement. Somebody had obviously stolen her check wrote her name, and cashed it at a local Walmart. Are you serious? Yeah. So, which... I hate it when that happens. Sucks for her. So, as she um, she goes through, looks at her checkbook, and she realizes that, although there's still checks in there, there are several checks that are missing from her checkbook. So, she calls her boyfriend, asks him, hey, by any chance, did you take a couple of checks? And he's like, you know, no, of course not. She's like, I didn't think so, but I just got to had to ask maybe while my bag was down somewhere, you know, went over there, grabbed it, whatever the case may be. And so while um, she's discovering this, she also discovers that one of her window latches have been broken. Okay. That's freaky. Exactly. So she, um, she lives there by herself. She lives by herself off campus. So there's, you know, so she, um, calls the police files a report you know her checkbook the police asked her the typical questions um asked her if she noticed anything was missing she said no um but you know but she did mention the latch and that she they were gonna come fix it soon so the police do ask about her boyfriend because usually it's kind of one of the first things they asked um she convinces him that he's definitely didn't take it didn't not she's not worried about him taking his checkbook she she believes him full-heartedly that that's not something how he would do right so what she doesn't realize is that that's honestly not all that she's been missing um someone actually had been watching her 
They would park outside her apartment, um, watching her comings, her goings, and they would actually enter her apartment when she wasn't home. They would take um, little trophies from um, photos, CDs, underwear. I mean, just little things that she wasn't God, obviously noting. Did she tell the management? You know, girl, at this point in time when she's realizing that, again, she's like, go, 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 because she has finals. She has everything going on. So she's probably like, she didn't notice any of this stuff was gone. She does not, she doesn't even know that she's being watched at this point. Right. So, um, yeah, she, she's completely clueless. She's busy. She has shit to do. I, you know. She like, thinks it's her moving stuff around. She doesn't remember. Probably. Like, you know what I mean? Ugh. So, and in all honesty, for her being as busy and going to the library and studying and stuff like that, she's probably not home a whole lot to even realize half this stuff is missing. So, it also turns out that she's being followed at school while she's um, studying in the library. When she comes back to some of her books, there's calling card messages inside her book that she was that she's studying into. What? Yeah. Um, like what kind of messages? They didn't really elaborate, but like messages specifically for her, like, like hi, you know, Sandy or something to that effect. So she would she walk away from that? her book. Well, she would walk away from her book and she'd come back and she'd see these things. And she, of course, she would totally get freaked out, but she's looking around and there's nobody else there. What the fuck? <laughs> right. Okay. That, that, that's I'm fucking. Hooked. All right. I'm all listening. right. <laughs> <laughs> Compared to other times when you're not really <laughs> listening, but. Okay. I'm sorry, it's the ADD. I hear you, man. So, on May 6th, um, probably about four days before she graduates, and this is in about 2003, um, this this watcher person has been um, watching her, um, enters her apartment, and while she's sleeping, he stands over her and watches her until she wakes up. <laughs> she opens her eyes and saw him. At that point in time, he blindfolds her and bounds her hands behind her with several layers of duct tape. Oh, my God. She thinks he has a gun. And then, of course, he rapes her in every way a woman can be raped. And I'm not going to get into detail over that because that's right. I'm just not going to. But then and while he while this is all happening, the neighbor hears something. Somebody she thought she lost well, that again. The neighbor f- thinks that she hears somebody scream. But when she go when she stops what she's doing, whether it's washing dishes, whether it's vacuuming, whatever, whenever whatever she stops doing, when she stops to listen, it completely goes away. So it's unknown what he actually did. Did he hit her? Did he um, cover her face? Did he threaten her? So there really isn't any sort of idea of why she goes quiet during this time. Maybe she's like, "I'm gonna leave you alone. Just shut, just shut up." So. Afterwards, after all this, after he's violated her, you know, he, um, while she's still bound, he actually carries her from the apartment to his vehicle and places her in the trunk. At this point in time, she's fighting. She's trying to scream through this duct tape. Um, that same neighbor actually hears commotion, walks outside, and she sees, um, she sees I think partially that he's putting her in a car, but she notes the car make right away and then immediately calls the police. Um, so the the frantic search for when the police get there, they ask the neighbor and they start frantically. The police start frantically looking for her immediately. So right. it wasn't too long after this happened that they start looking for her. Um, they notified her family. Um, her long term boyfriend was obviously questioned. Um, boyfriend had an alibi. He was at work. He they talked to a supervisor. 
the university and the local media were more than willing to help with whatever they could. Her relatives um, were practically in a state of panic, but they had enough composure to at least to message her, whether it be phone or I'm not sure if it was on TV, but they just noted that they had... Um, they had tried to send a message to her or her kidnapper, whoever was looking looking or listening to these messages, just to please bring her back home. They said that her sister um, had pleaded um, whoever's got her um, that they wouldn't that they should just let her go. They won't be angry right now. They just want her back. Um, we just don't understand why this happened. We just want her to come home. Um, her brother said. Um, Sandy, if you're watching, we love you and we're going to find you. So the police are, like I said, they're desperately going through this as quickly as possible because time is obviously of the essence. And so um, they came, they actually kind of came back to that forged check that she had reported. I think it was a day or maybe a couple days before. And they compared it to the Walmart video Um the video of the time to see if maybe those two crimes correlated with each other. Right. They said they found a man purchasing items at the exact same time of the timestamp on the check. They were, he was, he just purchased a bunch of shit. They compared his driver's license to the description of the neighbor. Um, she had said he had like a red, um, a red car. She gave the name and, and style or whatever as best she could. And I think there was like a, Dodge something and a, and a shat and a, or a Dodge saddle or something like that, but they pulled locally all the driver's license that had those type of cars. Right, and so they started um, looking at this video, trying to compare the the person in the video and to some of these licenses. Eventually, they came across a twenty year old man named Aaron Lee Skeen. They went to his home to question him. He lived about a mile and a half away, um, still lived with his parents. The initial questioning him, um, the initial start, initially questioned him in regards to the stolen checks. He eventually, at that point, agrees to go to downtown to the police station to talk to them. And when he eventually, I'm sorry, he said eventually how many times? So when they get him there, at some point in time, he confesses that um, Sandy wanted him there, that he happened to be passing by her window and noticed that it was kind of open, so he was intrigued. He went in, um, then he just continued to justify himself breaking into her home um, every time he saw that window open. that's That was the justification for going and taking all the little trophies that he was taking that she felt that he felt that she left that window open as an invitation to him oh wow to come in okay he so, already sounds like a crazy so yeah of course yeah. he is but so and then he avenged they finally just come out and ask him did you attack her so eventually it comes out that he is obsessed with her um he actually goes to her credit union bank where her, her job is at it looks like he would um, go into the lines um, make sure he got her in line um and they were mentioning that the some of the the way these stalkers are is they feel like they're in a relationship with these people even though there's nothing to it that's creepy so yeah just because he was simply friendly to her he right. he thought it was an invitation obviously to go to her house to find her to look her up online to find out where she lived and all that other stuff so again the back to the police they um actually asked him well where is she and is she still alive and he replied yes that the last time he saw her she was still alive and that she had jumped out of his car in an attempt to escape 
So then they said, where? Where was the last time you see her? So he takes them to the foothill parks and leads them into the woods where he, paint, where he points out where he last saw her. What it comes down to is in an attempt to cover up the rape, he drove her in the trunk of her car for 70 miles to a location in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Um, she was taken out of the trunk and told to walk, still blindfolded, have you? Um, take he, into while he's pulling her eventually gets her to the destination of his choosing and then he pushes her off oh my god she ends up falling over she ends up falling he ends up pushing her off a 63 foot cliff jesus christ and unfortunately when they did the autopsy they said that she did not die right away she sat there for days until they found her oh my god so, how old was she Huh? How old was she? She was 25. Oh my god. So, I just can't believe, because it's, it's, it's so sad, because this fuckhead, seriously, she worked buster her ass her whole life to get where she needs to get, and because he's fucked up, he fucking ruins, he ruins her life. I mean, not, he ends I mean, her he's life. just like some creepazoid that thinks that just because she, like, smiled at him, oh, she wants me, like, yeah. ugh, oh my god. So, he was eventually, he obviously was charged with murder, Pretty shortly after that happened, um, and our daughters worry, wonder why we worry so right. much when they don't I, just text us, just text us. I don't care. That, I don't want to stalk you all night. Just tell me, hey mom, I'm alive. Girl, this every, is exactly every hour on the hour. <laughs> Girl, I don't get to get a taxi back. I'll start calling, and she won't answer, and she'll text me back, being like, "I'm okay." And I know she gets frustrated with that because right. I feel where you're coming from because we both have daughters. But you just never know. They're at an age where as careful as they can be, which I'm, you know. This girl, like, she had, she had her own place. She probably locked her door. She, she had no clue this guy was. No. And there's, sometimes there's no rhyme and reason, rhyme or reason why this happens. It just happens. And so I get the same way though. I freak out and I will be up at, like, I'll wake up at 2.30 in the morning and if she's not home yet, I will wait until she texts me wherever she's at. Exactly. I'll start taking, I'm freak, I'm sorry. I'll start taking, um, screenshots of where she's at every time I wake up. So if say she doesn't come home, this is where she was at at this time. We can't be too careful as moms anymore. Girl, I'm telling you. Anyway, so back to, um, he was actually charged with murder, kidnapping, and rape of Sandry Jeffers. He took a plea, he took a plea deal to avoid the death penalty. However, he got 124 years without the possibility of parole. She it looks like she was supposed to graduate. I think when they found her, they she was supposed to graduate that next day. So they actually took a moment of silence. That let's try that again. She was supposed to graduate that next day, so they took a moment of silence in her memory on that Saturday um, morning event. My God. Um, yeah. So it was just super sad. And then as I was reading um, more in regards to it, I didn't realize that they tried passing a law, and I'm not sure, I probably should check that a little bit more, but some prisoners in certain prisons have access to social media. Right. They, her family and her friends wanted that to stop because they didn't think it was fair that some of these prisoners, especially in these violent cases, were able to still reach out to some of these people. Right. And when I was even researching, uh, researching this, there was even websites where it's called This Cute One or something to that effect. Or I'm not sure what. Well, the, some like even some of these serial killers have like fan clubs. They have these weird women that like to write them letters and have whatever weird fucking fetish that they have and 
Yeah, I like, I, and I really think it's because they think, oh, we can change them, or maybe they're just that. I don't fucking know. Well, not even that. Like, okay, so they have access to social media, so. You know, even like podcasts like this, where we're giving them attention, that kind of shit they get off on. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I totally agree. I don't like that. I don't like, I don't like it either. And that's why, like I said, they're trying, I'm not sure if they passed a law. I probably should, like I said, I probably should have researched that a little bit more. They did want that off and I don't blame them. You know what I mean? Why should they yeah. have any sort of freedoms when their me, loved would, one is gone? The same way. Like gone. And not just simply gone, like... She was tortured. I mean, can you imagine being in that trunk, driving for 20 minutes, not knowing what the hell is going on? Nobody's there to hear you. So anyway, so that was that was the disappearance and murder of Miss Sandy Jeffers. Sorry. <laughs> it's just the I'm having not a daughter. Because of it. No, it's no, no, just, no, no, no. It's just the having a daughter at that age. It's just, you know, you feel justified in being a crazy mom. Yeah. Girl. A little bit. A little bit, a lot. Yeah, I never. I very rarely so apologize for being that. There's so many weirdos out there. Yeah, There's so many weirdos. Now, now that I'm really getting into this, and like, well, I was a little bit of a freak before, like watching some of these shows, but now I'm just like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. No, girl, I hear you. I am that same way, and it's funny because now that we're doing this podcast, Talia's actually been a true crime um, junkie. Yeah, since she was about 11 years old. So she would binge watch all that stuff. I mean, that's she just loved that sort of stuff. So she kind of got away from it because I think she felt that she was she couldn't was sleep. giving her anxiety. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and so now that we're doing this podcast, she was um, she'll say, oh, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm looking at this. And she's like, what are you looking at? Oh, can I watch it with you? And I'm just like, sure. But then she's like. But if it's too late at night, she's like, nope, I'm just going to have nightmares. So I'll, I'll, I'll watch something. I'm done. <laughs> a lot more simple. Okay, so this might be a $9 bottle of wine, but it's actually pretty good. Not bad at all. Something very simple, very easy, cheap. So that was the first story that you've done that only took less than 20 minutes. Sorry. <laughs> I told you it was a shorter story, <laughs> but it's fine. Let's see how long mine t- takes me. All right, so although I, in all reality, it's the one that you've been sitting at the edge of your seat for, probably since we've done this. Right. No, this is like it's one of those stories, and I'm I'm probably not gonna do it the justice that it needs. Um, the Enfield Poltergeist. Oh no, Alma, we talked about I know, this. It's man. your favorite subject. <laughs> I think you're just being mean now. <laughs> I just like uh, watching you squirm in your oh seat. Oh my god, and that's no lie. So we're gonna go back to 1977. Not the 70s, Alma. Yeah, back to the 70s. Things I love don't the 70s. Ha- no man, things bad things happen. <laughs> so it's in Enfield, England, the home of Mar- Margaret Hodge Hodgson. Okay. She's a divorced mother. She lives there in this home with her four children: Peggy, 13; Janet, 11. Johnny, 10, and Billy, 7. Okay. Um, Peggy Hodgson was considered by those who knew her to be a pleasant and conscientious person, overcoming financial insecurity to do her best for her children. So she was just making the best of a bad situation. Of course, she's a single mom. She's raising her kids. Um, Give it up to single moms. Exactly. Um, Props to you guys who are doing this on a daily basis. Margaret was serious and reserved. Janet 
lively and she was extroverted. Uh, John was only at home during the school holidays and some weekends uh, since he boarded at a special school. And little Billy, he suffered from a severe speech defect, but in other respects, he was a typical kid. Um, Let's see. In August 1977, Peggy called the police to a rented home in Enfield after two of her four children said that furniture was moving and knocking sounds were heard in the walls. Oh, no, Mama. So imagine being the officer that's, <laughs> that's called imagine to this. That. <laughs> I mean, that has to be like, okay, so you're an officer and you go, you answer a call like this. And the mom is the one who called, right? Right. So it's not like, oh, it's a kid prank. Shut up. Right. You know what I mean? Mo- it's the like mom the mom calls. is probably fa- frantic. Well, at this point, she's probably like, okay, so they actually heard something. So I don't know what it is. I just want to know, you know what's in case going it's on. a robber yeah. or somebody that's entering the house or whatever. But yeah, like imagine you're an officer and you're the one that has to answer this call. I mean, do you do you rush over there so or do you take your time? Okay, so number one, if you're a skeptic and you get there and shit is going down. I mean, what's your expression? Yeah. How do you fill out that report? No shit, huh? <laughs> I mean, it's a catch-22. There was a chair on the ceiling that seemed to move by itself. <laughs> I didn't see shit. <laughs> I... <laughs> well, you know in the 70s, it's okay for cops to drink well, so on the job. So it was like, whoo, I had way too much was it uh, i don't know I'm maybe in England, i saw that I in the know. movies again my movies are my references i'm just saying <laughs> i don't know anyways so the main children in the story are margaret and janet so margaret's 14 and okay. janet's 11 so the next night um brought mysterious knocking sounds and the sliding of a chest of drawers in the girl's room there were more knockings and soon hodgson I hope I'm saying her name right. Had a police car uh, making a call to 84 Green Street. WPC Heaps and PC Himes arrived at around 1 a.m. Heaps witnessed a chair move. You just said the chair. <laughs> you had no idea. Girl, it's always with the chairs. Yeah, I'm telling chairs you. Are chairs moving. and dishes. Cabinets, dishes. No, 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 no. Move. Move. Or don't move. Move out the house, burn it down, keep on cruising. Yeah, but what do you do if you're a single mom and you don't have enough money to, to move out of this house that's know, probably I, honestly, super affordable in the first place? I honestly think about that all the times so when I'm listening to any of my other podcasts. You sit there and you think about that stuff like, but what choice do you have? Exactly. If, if this is, is all you can afford, you can't, you can't afford to move on to another house immediately, but this right. stuff is happening anyways. Exactly. That's what I think. Like when I'm watching this, I'm like, move. But at, at the same time. Like, In reality, you know, I mean, if it was a, it was a reality situation, what if you just can't? Right. If you're living from check to check and you're supporting four kids, moving is not the easiest thing in the world. I actually may put a tent outside in the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm also the person that whenever there's a freaky movie inside my house, I put it in a grocery bag, tie it up and stick it outside my house. Like as if demons oh can't come inside because there's mom. a door. <laughs> So Isaiah was reading, reading Harry Potter okay. like in like fifth grade. <laughs> and she would not let him bring that book in the house. Same girl. She made him put it outside. She had a bin um, of dog food. 
because she lived in um lived on the second story of this townhouse no yeah it was a townhouse okay so she lived on the second story of a townhouse and she it, she had this dog food bin right at the top of the stairs and she made him put it in there same girl. and so when i came to pick him up at the end of the day i was like okay where's your book because we have to read your book tonight and he's like grandma made me put it in the dog food bin <laughs> And I'm like, what? Oh my God, I love your mom. (laughs) (laughs) I would do the same. Oh my God. So anyways, so by the next morning, marbles and Lego toy pieces began to zoom out of thin air and bounce off the walls. Oh no. Um, Over a period of 18 months, more than 30 people, including neighbors, psychic researchers, journalists they all saw heavy furniture moving on its own accord objects being thrown across the room and the girls seeming to levitate several feet off the ground many also heard and recorded unexplained knocking noises in a gruff voice girl that is seriously freaking me out right now i have you have like seriously my anxiety level has just went i'm sorry not sorry i know you're not sorry i think you did this on purpose No, blame this one on Philip because he uh, brought Darn this to you, the Phillip. top of my recollection here. The occurrences were similar to those reported in other cases of poltergeist type um, occurrences. Knockings and other noises with no apparent cause. Doors opening and closing by themselves. Um, furniture overturned. Small objects hurled across rooms. And pictures, picture frames ripped from walls small fires that started and went out by themselves oh, no 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 yeah. no 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 when no, it comes no. to fires fuck that no 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 i i just can't <laughs> i honestly i just can't you can't just randomly start fires poltergeist can apparently out. oh no Alma. you want me to sage the room when we're done um yeah you want me to sage us when we're, when we're done yeah i have some special sage Okay. Well, well, no, I can't do that kind of shish. I know, I shish. Know. I can't do that kind of shish. I think the vine's enough. So here's a quick question for you before we move on. So how long had they lived in this place before all this stuff started happening? I don't know. I don't okay. know. I just barely. So it wasn't it, like, like out of the blue, it just started happening. Man, you heard my story last week where you bring some antiques inside some house or some used shit and it that could belonged be that. to... The, but apparently there was something else going on in the okay. house that was like probably existing there before. I don't know. You guys can be the judge whether it's true or not when we get to the end of the story. Maurice Gross, a successful inventor, he initiated an investigation soon after the start of events on behalf of the Society of Psychological... Sure. It looks like it says psychical. Psychical. Psychical? Psychical. <laughs> not <that> like bicycle. <laughs> tricycle it sounds like well you are mexican never okay. mind. it sounds like a mexican woman with a really big slur being like trying to say a word but it just comes out a whole different way but you're mexican and it, it's a psychical Cacol. psychical research all right gross was soon joined by author and paranormal investigator guy lion playfair whose 1980 book this house is haunted. An investigation of the Enfield poltergeist is the main source of information about the events. Oh no. I can never read that book. Ever. I can pre- listen to this story, y'all. You're freaking <laughs> me out. I'm not lying. All right. Well, you know, when we're done, you can listen to um, 
There he goes again. Okay. You're recording. We'll do that. I was about you were going to say you had another fucking story. I was like, I got to leave. (laughs) You got to do that. I already see you're like, let me know. You rearranged yourself in your seat. I can see your body language. You're ready to run. (laughs) Don't run. We got to finish this podcast. You're like, do not run. You've been drinking. You will fall down. (laughs) You will fall. And my dogs will chase you and that won't be pretty. No, mama. I don't let them chase you. Oh my God. And speaking of my dogs. So like I'm editing and all I can hear is patches or patches oh all i can hear is louie patches is my dog that we had to put down a few years ago and i always say patches for louie oh yeah all i can hear is louie in the background (laughs) he was not a happy camper he was not you know it's not wolfie's like much 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 (laughs) let me out of this fucking room. room 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 so we keep him in the room because um I'm scared. He's, he's the more protective, and Yvette is scared. Yeah. So we don't know why to open the door. And he's a big dog. Yvette walks out, and he surprises her. Yep. I, I run. The show end up on and the, see, what the happens is I will desk. run, and then he'll chase me, <laughs> and then a lot of screaming will ensue. Yeah. It won't be pretty. It won't be and pretty. And Alma won't even help me. She will open up her phone, turn on her video, <laughs> to put it on the taking. IG account. So. And I'll start cackling <laughs> like I usually do. <laughs> I would like to say that um, this would not be the first time that would have happened, though. No, <laughs> I'm sure Louis has chased me out of your house at some point in time before. <laughs> Once or twice. Okay. Gross visited the house on September 5th. He advised Mrs. Hodgkin or Hodgson, to remain calm. Well, we just call him Mrs. H. Mrs. H. That seems like yeah. it's a struggle. Okay, because it is a struggle. <laughs> You're on your first glass of wine. <laughs> Those are pretty lumpy glass, though. <laughs> he advised Mrs. H. to remain calm and re- recommended she take notes of any incidents. And then on September 8th, Gross and three Daily Mirror reporters um, witnessed a loud crash and convinced that ha- Mrs. H's claims were genuine, Gross um, decided to take on the case. During subsequent visits, he and others observed marbles that flew through the air and landed on the floor without rolling, doors and drawers open of their own accord, door chimes that swung. What? What? That's no good. Door chimes? Door chimes Maybe swing. Maybe it was just a little chime on the Sorry. door. Copy and paste. <laughs> <laughs> Shampooing. We are so shampooing. All right. Objects, teaspoons, cardboard boxes, fish tank lids that jumped. What about the fish? I don't know about the fish. They probably pee themselves. (laughs) (laughs) So we can't leave. We're stuck in this tank. Help. Help. We're all about the sound effects. Oh, my God. (laughs) I like that one. The movements were witnessed by Gross. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) You see, all I see is a little fish up against the the window. Like, get me the fuck out of here. (laughs) What the fuck is going on? (laughs) My lip keeps jumping. (laughs) Yours is so much better than mine. All right, mine sounds like kisses. All right. You gotta be the fish. You gotta be the fish. 
All right. The movements were witnessed by Crows. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, good. The Hodgsons, Peggy Nottingham's father, um, which is the neighbors. Okay. And four reporters and photographers from the Daily Mirror. At this relatively early stage, as many as 10 people not related to the family witnessed the phenomena. Author and investigator Guy Playfair responded to an appeal to the SPR for assistance by Gross and arrived on September 12th. Along with Rosalind Morris from BBC Radio 4, The World This Weekend, he and Gross worked together for more than a year, making a total of 180 visits. Jeez. 25 all-night vigils at the house. That's insane. Yeah. All right. So other phenomena observed. The incidents at Enfield are among the most closely recorded of any poltergeist-type case. Gross, Playfair, Miss Hodgson, and other witnesses kept records of varying levels. What the hell are you doing? I'm burping. (laughs) (laughs) Cut that out. had me a monster it was a very very dehydrating and very bubbly so i'm like <laughs> i'm not I'm like, spitting this time it, it always looks like you're whispering to someone <laughs> yeah that's what i'm doing i'm whispering to that person right there that's invisible because i want to scare you as bad as you're scaring me okay. <laughs> be like hey little girl <laughs> all right at varying levels of detail, tape recordings mainly by Playfair and Gross eventually totaled over 180 hours. Fuck, 180 hours? How long do they live here? I mean, how long do they live, how long do they live there? Um, this is over a couple years. So. I mean, at some point in time, I get it. They, they're, they're poor. I've been poor. You can't move. I get it. But if she's running, move the F out. Find me another place. Yeah. I don't know. So this is an incomplete list but the list nonetheless. Okay. Marbles and pieces of Lego seen traveling through the air at great speed, seemingly emanating from walls or windows. A teapot shook vigorously on a cabinet in the absence of any external vibration. Oh no. Metal spoons bent and the lid of a metal teapot was deformed. Okay, so, okay, keep these things in mind because there's no, so I many No, I see them very clearly in my mind. I'm freaking out a little bit. At You know, at the end of the story, I go over all the skeptic stuff. And, okay. But some of these things, you know, you really can, can't, like, just blow off as kids, you know? No, definitely. Especially if they have that many witnesses seeing these types of incidents happening. It's it's not a prank. Yeah, it's something not going somebody on. pulling um, the, the wool over somebody's eyes. It's It's... Right. So, and then also the shade of a bedside lamp tilted and then straightened. A toilet door opened and closed when nobody was nearby. A toilet door. That's an English story, isn't it? A bathroom door. (laughs) The the toilet. The the toilet. The toilet. Okay. That was terrible. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I might cut that out. Cardboard boxes and cushions were thrown by an unknown force. A slipper was thrown across a room by an unknown source. The chunkla. <laughs> <laughs> Must like, have been a nana. There was a in there. <laughs> the nana ghost. A frame certificate was pulled off the wall. Um, Gross was alone in the room at the time when that happened. Um, a bedroom carpet was pulled up at the edge to form an identical shape each time, an effect which Gross was a- unable to replicate. What was the shape, Bama? <laughs> uh, I hope you don't have that information. Have That's no kind of freaking me out. I don't know. Out. Maybe a triangle? I don't know. You can make a triangle. I mean, was it like a shape of a dog? Was it like a balloon animal? 
It was a carpet. <laughs> they could. It was no, a carpet. But they said they couldn't replicate the shape. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> was it a balloon arrow? <laughs> it's like squeak, 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 squeak. <laughs> like all we've got is a dark imagination. <laughs> okay, a settee was levitated and overturned in front of several witnesses. No, 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 no. A bedroom car... Okay. 11... I keep wanting to come back to the carpet now. I know, man. 11 year old teasing me about that. 11-year-old uh, Janet was... Okay. So there's like a famous picture, and I found out this on many sites. Okay. Uh, Janet, who was... She was like... Seemed to be the center of attention of all okay. this. Um, she was levitated... Was she the oldest or the second to the oldest? She was the second oldest. Okay. She was levitated and deposited in different places at different times. But there's a picture of her like kind of, it kind of looks like mid jump between one bed and the other. Okay. But at the same time, it looks a little bit unnatural. Odd. Yeah. So, and I'll probably put this picture, you guys, you know, if you want to log into our site right now at uh, www.tipsy-tales.com, you can see a picture of this. I don't want to see the picture, man. It scares me. It's starting to freak me out. You're going to send it to me, huh? You're going to be like, oh, look at, I'm sending you something. Like I sent you the picture of the owls. Dude, From those owls are not the business. That's seriously, I was driving. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's not real. Okay. Kitchen doors slid open of their own accord. I hate those sliding doors. Yeah. I would be like this door just sliding oh, in. <laughs> the pocket doors. You get locked inside. Things yeah. It makes me sad. <laughs> oh my God. I can't even imagine if I got locked. Like I've seen like some shows where people get locked in rooms. I'd probably like. I would cry. I would I'd, start screaming, kicking. I'd flip out. I'm not going to lie. I'd go I'd, out a window. Yeah. With my luck, I'd be out of a third story, but. <laughs> I would kick the damn door down. Yeah. I would get that superhuman, incredible Hulk strength. <laughs> kick I'm the sorry. fucking door down. Oh, no. <laughs> All I hear is that voice at the beach when you're like, how did I get this caught? And you're being like, let me out, bam. Back to our beach adventure. Yeah, yeah that was a blast. I'm like, I'm drunk. I don't know how you cut yourself. You're drunk. That's the only explanation. I don't even know how that happened. Girl, your guess is as good as mine. Big you and Talia took off somewhere. Arm. Me and our other friend were sitting there with a the hat singing, we love red sun- sunflowers. We love red sunflowers, shaking our head back and forth. Look at me, I'm a pretty sunflower. That's what it was. Sorry. <laughs> Old age. It happens. Great, Memory. great adventure. Great adventure. But I, I can remember that, but I don't remember how I got the cut. Girl, you were so angry, too. I was very angry. Like, <laughs> how did I get this cut? Like, I something know, sliced my arm. It was me probably leaning against something. I have no idea. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the air. Because there was nothing by us. <laughs> but me and Talia, like, ran out into the ocean, dipped our heads, and then came back out and said, <laughs> We lost shoes. <laughs> I think that's where we lost our shoes, right about there. That's, that's oh, the exact I lost point. all memory yet. <laughs> right about that time. Oh, my God. <laughs> Still makes me laugh. Yeah. Okay, good times, good times. All right, where was I? Um, I was talking about 11-year-old Janet, how she levitated. Oh, yeah. Tubular door chime swung from side to side many times. Was that wind? I have no idea. Non-wind? 
I've never seen a door chime like that. That That's a big ass from door side chime, to right? Side. If I'm visually correctly. Is it like a wind chime? I would, I would think it is. Okay, that's weird. I'm going to have to look that up. All right. All right. What steps were heard when nobody else was present? Nope, 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 nope. I just can't. <laughs> um, if I have nightmares, I'm calling you at 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> that's okay, because I don't answer my phone. <laughs> I don't even care. The fact that I wake you up, I'm going to be like. Argh. I lie. I check my phone all the time because of my daughter <laughs> when she's out. Unless she's here, and then I just turn my phone off. Girl, I feel you. Same. All right. Um, 12-year-old Margaret was held fast by an unknown force. Okay, that, that shit freaks me out. She held fast? What do you mean? Was held down. No, we had that conversation the, last yeah, time or the time before. You from freaks moving. me out. No, no, yeah. no. That freaks me out, too. Mm-mm, nope. Um, knocks, bangs, crashes that were heard, not caused by plumbing, vibration, or any other external source. Coins disappeared from one room and reappeared in the other. Did you see the Enfield port- poltergeist? That's a stupid question. You, I'm you like, Alma. Come on. Alma, come on now. Look at this face. Do you think I watch <laughs> any of those movies? I'm freaked out. I'm getting ready to hide under your desk, but I don't know I what the know. good I can that see would you. actually do. You're like do squirming me. back and forth on your yeah. chair right now. You're like. Bunching up your pants by your knees. I'm fidgeting. I'm fidgeting to no end. All right. Small fires started and extinguished. We talked about this. Those fires, seriously. I mean, I would never be able to sleep. They extinguished themselves without causing damage. Oh, all right. Well, that's okay then. It was a conscientious poltergeist, apparently. (laughs) It just wanted to scare the shit out of them, but didn't want to burn the house down. That's no bueno. Um, water appeared in circumstances not understood. Oh, so no. water just like coming down from the ceiling. I have no idea. That's weird. I don't know why. I know this is not funny, but I'm just imagining like somebody walking halfway through the room and slipping on some water and the poltergeist being like. <laughs> <laughs> An asshole pol- poltergeist. Yeah. <laughs> Mark might be that poltergeist. Dang, <laughs> right? I'm just saying. He'll be like, pendejo. Um, normally reliable electrical equipment tape recorders camera cameras etc failed to work apparitions were seen partial and total the iron frame of a built-in fireplace was wrenched from the wall okay and this one's gross excrement appeared in inappropriate places okay okay (laughs) i hope that was a cat or something <laughs> They're rubbing their eyes. They're like, "What the hell is that smell?" <laughs> oh, gross. Yeah, and then written messages. So oh, no, we no, kind of no, no, talked no, no, about that, this stop, with uh, stop the written Annabelle messages. the doll. Mm-mm. You hate Annabelle. I just can't. <laughs> that doll freaks me the fuck out. All right, and then abusive remarks and swear words and gruff masculine voices. Um, some it's say a speaking poltergeist. It was a speaking poltergeist. That's no good. Um, some say that was produced by Janet and sometimes by Margaret. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, so I thought of like pulling up the recordings of this because no. there is actual recordings, oh, but God, I already know no. that this is going to be too much please, for you. Please, so, no. Um, yeah, yeah, I just can't. I may or may not put that on the website. I may 15 minute in increments pass over that part when I actually listen to our own podcast, but still. If I don't, um, you guys can look it up because it's out there. They also noticed that I brought this up before that Janet was the main focus of or the epicenter of incidents. Uh, She was always near when something happened. And this inevitably led to accusations that she was playing tricks. 
Although Gross was already fully convinced that she could not be responsible for the incidents. Um, there were reasons aplenty for suspicion. The poltergeist, a.k.a. The Thing, uh, tended to act only when it was not being watched. Stated Gross, it's smarter than we are. Look, at its timing, the moment you go out of the room, this is quote unquote, this is Gross saying this, the moment you go out of the room, something happens, you stay in the room for hours and nothing moves. It knows what we're up to. Ew. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're spiritual beings if that's, if you... It was yeah. fucking around with them. Yeah. Indeed, when Janet knew a camera was on, nothing occurred. Playfear and Gross found that the children were sometimes motivated to add to the activity with some tricks of their own. Oh. Yeah. So this is what made people be skeptical about a lot of the stuff So, okay, on. so I'm a little bit confused because there was like... A bunch of witnesses in regards to um, seeing these things and stuff move by themselves. So right. now why is it that, oh, but the kids could have done it? Well, I think the kids like saw all the attention they were getting, so they were adding to it. Okay. Girl, I don't know. Um, Playfair also noted it did not bother us very much, you know. They kind of knew that the kids were doing some of this stuff. Okay. Um, he said it didn't bother them very much. Uh, we had already seen incidents with our own eyes that the children could not possibly have done deliberately. So okay. they felt like they had enough evidence of all the other things that everybody witnessed that the kids couldn't have possibly Well, not only done. that, but if, I mean, if in all honesty, if they're true investigators in the paranormal, they're going to know the difference between something being thrown or something just not right right and one of the girls was apparently super mischievous so and and i think they they took that into account right in their investigation so anyways when janet margaret admitted pranking to reporters gross and playfair compelled the girls to retract their confession they were mocked by other researchers for being easily duped so it kind of put them in a bad light that the girls admitted that sometimes, you know. They would, even though, so any of the studies that they had done or any of the yeah. time that they had spent there now was kind of bogus because now these little girls were saying, yeah, well, brought we everything did some into of the question. stuff. And there isn't a such thing as, I did some, you either did some, or either you did it or you didn't. Right. Okay. So I alluded to the voice earlier. <laughs> In December 1977, three months after the start of the disturbances, an anomalous voice began to emanate from Janet. Oh, no, 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 no. It started as a series of whistles and dog-like barks and developed into a human voice. <laughs> I mean, the human voice is freaking me out, but if they're just barking and whistling. Although, can you imagine and kind of put yourself in that situation when you're like, it's not funny, it's not funny, and they keep doing it, and it goes from being funny right. or them being mischievous to now all of a sudden it's concerning. You could almost feel that, ex you could almost feel that extra beat of your heart of I can anxiety. almost put myself in... <clears throat> In the place of these young girls, because imagine these people are here for hours on hours, you know, I mean, they need to make light of some of it. Yeah. I mean, I get that. I I mean, I even going to church as a kid, we found shit to laugh at all the time. Right. You know what I mean? And we were like always like playing pranks and doing stuff. So I can I can see that. But yeah. Listen to this. Well, after 18 months and they're having to deal with this the whole time. Right. I mean, what other choice do you have? Exactly. You're just going to make the best of a bad situation right i mean i think of my mom like coming <laughs> in the kitchen sometimes and this is like poor woman i think she was like going through the beginning stages of menopause and we're in there cracking up and she's like 
are you guys laughing at me? <laughs> oh, you're poor mama. And you know, like, it was such a serious moment, but here's me. <laughs> 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 no, but now we are. <laughs> you're mean, all I was. I was a terrible kid. And of course, I got the chancla. I think we all, I would, I would never say that to my mom because my mom was not the business. She was abnormally strong. All five foot three of her, I'm telling you, she would scare the shit out of me. My mom wasn't. She would pull off that chancla and just start smacking at me. And I was endowed with the giant behind, (laughs) even at that age. So I had extra padding. So I would try not to laugh girl not me my mom i sat there talked back to my mom one time and it was when pagers were um a big thing and she's like page your dad and because we're poor um we didn't have what? a phone that we're actually poor? worked well so we had to use two separate phones so what i had to do is i had to go in how did i do it i went in took okay so sorry so i i connected the one phone dialed the pager number waited about 10 seconds assuming that the pager would have answered put in the phone press pound to enter take off the phone off the cord put in the rotary phone that actually worked and waited for somebody to call back oh my god (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm remembering the rotary phones i saw i saw a facebook of some kids trying to work a rotary (laughs) now and they're like how does this thing work Okay, sorry. So, no, no, it's not that big of a dump. I hear you. And so I remember one time my mom being really upset with me because I was 18. I thought I knew um, everything. And so I had snuck out. My dad had got me a car, nice 280Z. Thank you, Dad. And um, I would, what I would do was sneak out. I said, you know, put it in neutral, let the car back up into the street, and then take off. So my mom came to my grandma's house one night late at night. And noticed my car wasn't there. It wasn't the time of cell phones or anything like that. So she called me on it the next day. She's like, you weren't home. I'm like, I was home. She's like, your car wasn't there. And I'm like, I wasn't home. But that's okay because I'm 18. And that's what she told me. Paid your dad. Because that's always a go-to. Call right. your dad. And I'm like. Oh, you're so 18? I'm, Call your dad. And so I'm starting to page him. And um, have the two big old honking five-pound phones next to each other to get ready to switch. <laughs> and um, so was it orange or beige? They were beige. <laughs> oh my god, they were real beige. So we had an ugly yellow one on the wall, <laughs> and we had an orange one. Girl, those avocados in the living room. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh my god, those things were ugly. You're like, oh me, fucking cord for days. Girl, I hear you. I hear you on that. <laughs> so she tells me, page him. So I'm getting ready to page him, and she's still just fucking chewing me out. Just so I get tired, and I'm like, you know what? And I, I sat there and I got up and I'm like, you page him. So then she grabbed the cord of the working phone, proceeded to whip it around, like just whip it around and try like hit oh, me. Oh, damn. She was not fucking around. I was like, I backed up. I'm like, oh. Damn. But your mom took a fucking bullet. So <laughs> right? I wouldn't mess with your mom. No. So she said, she's like, whoo. she's like, Pinchy chingada. You better call. You better page your dad right now. And I'm like, you trying to hit me with a phone handle on a on a cordon? I ain't getting close to you. And then she's like, and then I said some stupid ass eighteen year old shit. And I'm like, I'm not afraid of you. Oh shit, girl. She looked at me. She cocked her head. I, I'm actually scared. And right she now. actually lunged for me. And right about that time, my stepfather walked in the door. 
caught her as she's like, I'm going to beat your ass. <laughs> I'm like, I got to go. I'm out. Moved in with my friend Brandy. <laughs> Bye. I love you, mom. Oh, love I love moms. my mom. I love my mom. But she in case they ever listen. No. We just want you to she, know. She wouldn't have got past that first Either part. Either so. My mom definitely would never listen. <laughs> But just in case it gets back to you, mom, I love you. Oh, girl, my mom's a badass, so I love her to death. But yeah, that happened. Oh my god. Okay, sorry. I know. Totally went on a detour. So they mischievous kids. They made them um, go back on what they had told the media about playing those pranks. Right. So I started talking about the voice. So in 1970, voice. Voice. There you go. Sorry, my bad. 1977. The three months after the start of the disturbances, Mm -hmm. an anomalous voice began to emanate from Janet. That's right. The barking. Right. So the name that the male voice gave was Joe. Joe Girl, Wilkins. that seriously gives me the chills. Joe Wilkins. <laughs> no. Arrived on the scene as a voice emanating Mm-mm. from a little girl. Mm-mm. Um, and claimed that he had lived in the house. The previous occupant was, in fact, named Mr. Wilkins. Oh, no. Who had died in the house. In fact, seemingly unknown to Janet, it habitually swore and claimed to still be living and to sleep in Janet's bed. That's not good. Yeah. That's not good. And... Did they keep the same bed? Yeah. That Joe died on? No. Oh. I don't I don't think so. Because that makes more sense That's to me. never really... That's never really mentioned. But maybe her bed was, like, positioned in the same place where his bed was. Maybe. So, like, that's where he was comfortable and his ghosty self was sleeping there. <laughs> All right. Interrogated by Richard Gross, Maurice Gross's son, a solicitor, the voice gave further details. It said, I went blind and I had hemorrhage and I fell asleep and I died on a chair in the corner downstairs. To eliminate the possibility that Janet herself was faking the voice, Gross taped up Janet's mouth. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm just imagining this poor... What's her mom saying though? Yeah, it's it's fine. It's It's 70s. I do do it all the time. Right? (laughs) We do it in Mexico all the time. She would not She talks too much. She barks. She whistles. Go for it. Go for it. Whatever makes you happy. (laughs) Um, So he tapes up her mouth. The voice continued to be heard, somewhat subdued, as was the case on future occasions when Janet's mouth was also filled with water. Early in January 1978. What if her nose is stuffy? She can't breathe. I don't know, girl. A a, a fucking allergy sufferer. I'm like, no, it's the 70s, you know. Parents weren't so worried about shit like that. Like, they can only do whatever you have to do. It's fine. It's fine. To investigate this poltergeist activity. See, this is why they don't tape up my daughter's mouth. (laughs) This is why they say they don't make people like they used to. (laughs) Exactly. If you did that nowadays, like CPS would be involved. CNN would be involved. Oh, yeah. CNN for sure. Fake news. Fake news. Mugshot everywhere. Um, Margaret started to speak in a similar harsh voice, but without the same intensity or duration as Janet's. Okay. So is this where they start talking about So Margaret's mouth is taped up. Or no, Janet's mouth is taped up and she has water in it. And her sister Margaret starts to speak. That's creepy as fuck. So it can't speak through Janet anymore. So now it's speaking through Margaret. Oh, no, but no, no. Many hours of recordings of the voice were made. A contact microphone placed on the back of Janet's head. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) I'm listening intently and I'm like, wait, did I just hear what I... 
All right. So, and this is the seventies. So, you know, a microphone isn't as oh my as, god <laughs> as, as what we have now it's in two thousand and eighteen. It weighs fifty pounds. It weighs like a wine bottle, <laughs> and her head weighs like five. <laughs> Just like you, I have water in my mouth. It's taped shut. I have a big old fucking wine bottle stuck in the back of my head. Stop. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine her with a 70s fucking microphone on her head, <laughs> which probably weighed like 70 pounds <laughs> at least. Probably more than she weighed at that age. It's the table. Like, hold your head up. She's like, I can't. (laughs) All right. That's really the knocking that was happening. They couldn't explain it because the fucking microphone hitting the table every time her head was too heavy for her to lift. Please forgive me because I'm going to read this sentence over again. A contact microphone placed on the back of Janet's head picked up. What appeared to be a different and louder sound than her normal voice. <laughs> yes, she's choking. I'd be like. <laughs> no, the sound was her dropping on the floor because the fucking microphone was too big. <laughs> like, walk over there. She's <laughs> like, dunk. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Therapist. Oh no! Approaching a speech therapist. Then she has water in her mouth, duct tape over. Can you say pee? Oh my god! I can't even. Pretty puppies in paradise. (laughs) She's like that. I saw Thethel on the (laughs) Thethor. Sorry, anybody who's ever done this speech therapy. We detoured so badly. No, it's nothing against speech (laughs) therapists or people with with, with need speech therapy. It's the fact that she's taped up with water in her mouth. They're like, she needs a speech therapist. (laughs) All right, I'm reading that that sentence over again. A speech therapist approached by the investigators was unable to say where the sound was coming from or how it was being sustained. It had some resemblance to a false vocal cord tone. Okay. I don't know what that is. John Hasted, a physicist at London's Burbank College, carried out an experiment together with Adrian Forson, a phonetics expert at University College London. Tests with a laryngograph. I certainly hope I said that right. That sounds right to me. Okay. Indicated an effect known as plica ventricularis. That's some Harry Potter shit right there. Like, where's his wand? (laughs) (laughs) Where muscle tension in the throat can produce sounds independent of the vocal cords. However, 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 there are known side effects in this condition around six weeks of hoarseness and a sore throat, neither of which were exhibited by Janet. How could they tell her mouth was shut? I'm sure it wasn't forever, but I'm just... That's all I picture. That is all I picture. As her with her cheeks all full of water, tape, sorry, tape, tape over her mouth, and her brain like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) 
<laughs> and still a voice coming from her sister's mouth. <laughs> well, of course, that fucking big ass microphone can pick up anything in a fucking four block radius. <laughs> Not like my microphone. Which sucks. <laughs> I have to be like slobbing it right here. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The physical research, psychical research. <laughs> Like, let's be serious. Wait, hold on. This is my serious face. Okay. The psychical researcher, Renee Haynes, had noted that doubts were raised about the alleged poltergeist voice at the Second International SPR Conference at Cambridge in 1978, where video cassettes from the case were examined. The SPR investigator, Anita Gregory, stated the Enfield Poltergeist case had been overrated, characterizing several episodes of the girls' behavior as suspicious and speculated that the girls had staged some incidents for the benefit of reporters. Well, and they pretty much admitted that, right? Right. I mean, in all honesty. Seeking a sensational story. John Beloff a former president at the SPR investigated and suggested Janet was practicing ventriloquism. I was thinking that same that same thing. But Although, she's so young. Like, how could she even do that? I mean, y- y- that takes years of practice, doesn't it? You know what? It can, but it depends. I mean, they're at home alone. There's probably no TV or not a lot on TV. They're probably fighting with the brothers. You do some weird shit. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I did some weird shit. I was the oldest, so... You know, I enjoyed being the one to scare them. Really? Yes. I don't like being scared. My kids did that to me one time when they were about, I don't know, seven and nine. They scared me. They kept jumping out of corners and and behind doors and they thought it was hysterical. So what I did, this makes me a real bad mom, is I actually waited till they were about (laughs) asleep, put on a mask, went into their room and scared the shit out of them. (laughs) They hate me till this day. They don't hate me, but they were—they will never forget that. They're like, you took it to a whole different level. We were kids. It's funny now, though. This is what happens when you have kids way too young. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to put that. You can cut that out if you like. No, that's hilarious. <laughs> it's usually my kids that are doing the scaring with me. Yeah, but you have two boys. Even I'm really jumpy. I'm wound really tight. Me too. So they can um, walk up behind me and just go, boo. And I'm like, ah! That's how I am. That's why I, I thought I taught him a lesson, but apparently I took it too far. One time, Albert, like I was like on the computer at the old house and like the computer light, it's like dark in the house and the computer light is like glaring in my face. And that's a creepiest feeling, though, when you're when you don't realize it, especially when you're on your computer forever and you start on it daytime. Right. And you're totally on Facebook way too long. And then you look around you and all of a sudden the whole house is dark because you didn't turn on the light. Right. And that's what he did. He like was like right next to my ear and oh, I had absolutely no idea that he was there. That freaks me out. Just and thinking goes, about boom. And I, yeah. That freaks me out, girl. I pretty much shit myself. <laughs> <laughs> to put it mildly. You're like sexy. How do you like that? How do you like that? <laughs> She's like, no, I didn't really shit myself. I farted, but... <laughs> No, I might have shit myself. <laughs> At the very least, I peed myself. I was trying to give you an out, Alma. <laughs> That's okay. I have no That's shame. That's okay, girl. This is coming from I somebody no who shame. wasn't paying attention, started screaming and peed herself a little bit three days ago. <laughs> so, right. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, where was I? Oh. Also, um, there was an American magician, Milborn Christopher, 
Briefly, he investigated the scene, failed, he failed to observe anything that could be called paranormal and was dismayed that he felt at what he felt was suspicious activity on the part of Janet. Christopher would later conclude that the poltergeist was nothing more than the antics of a little girl who wanted to cause trouble and who was very, very clever. Okay. Ventriloquist Ray Allen visited the house and concluded that Janet's male voices were simply vocal tricks. I, I don't know. I'm still out there on that one because it just seems like she's so young to even be, like, knowing how to do this. But you got to realize that it is the 70s, so they have, like, what, four local channels? Um, yeah, exactly. Four local channels. They so don't have they actually, YouTube like we have. No, but they don't have to at some point in time. They could have seen, what's that movie, Magic, and been just, hey, let's practice you know what I mean? Let's try it. I mean, because all of us try to be transviloquists. It, I know, don't even, it's a whole story behind that. Ventriloquist. <laughs> is that like a hagtash? That is another story. Um, I was real drunk and I swore my husband was not saying transviloquist correctly. It was ventriloquist. I was so sure it was that word. It wasn't. So anyways, that's why I sometimes use them interchangeably. <laughs> it's not cute, but I make myself laugh. That's my new word, transviloquist. But anyway, so being by themselves, they don't have TV, they don't have YouTube, they don't have the internet. They have to figure out ways to um, entertain themselves. So these two sisters, I mean, sitting there, hanging out in their yard, mom's always gone. It could have started out as a hobby, and then they got some attention right, from she it. she was and... a single mom, so they had a lot of time on their own, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had we did lots of things in the seventies that our kids didn't do. I'm surprised I'm still alive. Same, same, same. <laughs> yeah, one of these days we'll get into some of them stories, yeah. but we don't have enough time tonight. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you. It's okay. Paranormal investigator Malvin Harris also weighed in on a fast photo sequence that supposedly recorded poltergeist activity on moving film for the first time. Harris demonstrated how the photos actually reveal the schoolgirls pranking while demonologist Ed Warren, remember we talked about Ed, mm-hmm. Ed and uh, Lorraine Warren? What yes. episode was that? I think it was like our second Second episode. one, I think? Yeah. When we were talking about Annabelle. Nope. Um, that fucking thing creeps me out. I actually was scrolling down some of my scary shit and it came up and I was like, nope. Kept scrolling. Yeah. And in the movie about this. Okay. Lorraine Warren's in the movie. Really? Yeah. So I don't, I think like a, a lot of people were like, yeah, she didn't play that much of a role like the way they, they showed thought in the she movie. would? Or... Yeah. Okay. So Ed Warren claimed that Janet at least once was sound asleep levitating in midair. The photographs did not record these levitations, nor did independent witnesses see them. Warren was notorious for exaggerating and even making up incidents in such cases, often transforming a haunting case into one of demonic possession. Harris dubbed the photographed levitations gymnastics, commenting, it's worth remembering that Janet was a school sports champion. So, okay. Yeah, okay. That brings that into question. Um, there were all, also several mediums that investigated. Um, two Brazilian mediums, um, Luis Gasparero and Elsie Dubagras. Apparently, um, some beneficial effect on Janet's behavior and somewhat theatrical performance by another medium, Jerry Sherrick, who also resulted in relative calm for a short while. 
All right. Matthew Manning, a healer and a psychic, visited the Hodgins, wishing to share knowledge of such events from his own experiences, which he believed originated from an individual's own energy. Manning said he had experienced headaches of similar nature to Peggy's at times when phenomena was about to take place. Okay. Dono Gemeleg Mailing, a Dutch healer and clairvoyant, visited on October 1978, finding connections between the incidents and the death of Gross's daughter. Wait, what? Did I miss something? Okay, yeah, you did. <clears throat> Sorry. And I don't think I put that in there. Um, the inv- One of the investigators, Gross, the okay. one that was an inventor, his daughter had um, passed away as well. Okay. And that that's alluded to as well in the movie. That he had some sort of empathy for the girls because of his daughter. Right. So he was kind of like... But like, I'll believe you because he he, he puts... He relates them two together. Right. Two he was... Yeah. Well, not even that. Just... Yeah, I know what you mean. All right. By 1979, the Enfield poltergeist had left the Hodge, Hodgson home inexplicably, except for an occasional isolated incident. The motivating force, we may suspect tension in the household following the parents' divorce, eventually ran its course. But the question, like, because the kids, you know, they were, you know, going through shit after the divorce and then she was a single parent. So they felt like um, the kids were like just like acting out. Right. A lot of this was them acting out. But the questions remain. Is it true that Janet and the other children really could not have caused certain disturbances as Gross and Playfair insisted? Um, Maurice Gross, Maurice Gross, Maurice? Maurice? Reported the poltergeist just through a slipper while we were all in the room. It was not within the reach of the children. It was down near the end of the bed. So there was like plenty of things that... Didn't have any explanation yeah, to him or anything yeah, like that? had no explanation whatsoever. Um, towards the end of his life, Gross was much occupied with defending his investigation of the infield events. Um, he wrote articles um, for wide-ranging publications, and he spoke at conferences as well. And he also took a huge beating in the press as well okay. because of this. Peggy Hodgson died in 2003. Her older son, John, died in 1981 at age 14. Janet left the home at age 16. He, she married young and suffered for the loss of her son when he was age 18. Um, Maurice Gross died in 2006. Oh, wow. Peggy avoided publicity after the disturbances subsided in 1978, but never changed her position about the anomalous nature of what she had experienced. Billy, a young child at the time, remained largely indifferent to the events, and both Janet and Margaret have made brief appearances on television documentaries insisting on the genuineness of the phenomenon. Um, Asked in 2011 newspaper article whether she believed the house was haunted, Janet said years later, when mom was alive, there was always a presence there, something watching over you. That's the end of my story. And like I said, um, because of the shortness of time, I don't really have time to get into it. No, I, I as just, much as I wanted to because there was more. There was definitely more. A lot more. Yeah. Um I just I could definitely understand how they would feel, how they would be criticized, how they could see as some of these things would be pranks, but just to play devil's advocate just a little bit, if these things really were happening to them and they weren't all pranks, that's 
fucking creepy as shit. I mean, right. Can you imagine how scared they would be constantly? Well, on top of that, they like they took a lot of shit at school. Yeah. They were bullied at school because you know they were in the news and stuff. You know, I I I don't know. If I was being bullied at school, I don't think I would be making shit up. Yeah. I don't know. So I hear you. I hear you. Um, but then you just sometimes you just don't know what kids do when they're in those circumstances right do they feel like eventually somebody's gonna feel sorry for them eventually they're gonna believe them and and their attitude will change and they won't be bullied anymore or who knows so i'll let everybody be the judge of that you there's plenty of stuff on the internet you can look it up but it's a pretty cool story yeah i liked it i I I almost hit underneath the desk a couple times that fucking shit scares me man exactly that's why you do it i know it i know (laughs) I, I enjoy sitting here in this chair watching, me watching squirm. you squirm. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Alma. You're my favorite. <laughs> no, Anyways, so that was my story tonight. It was a great weekend. I'm still kind of living on the... Living on the edge. No, that's wrong. <laughs> on the leftovers of the weekend. Yeah, the concert was amazing. I Monday came way too fast. Um, it was real hard to get into any sort of. We work did put this a picture morning. up on Instagram of we us. We did, yeah. A little tipsy. <laughs> Obviously, little we were lot. feeling it's good. Fine. It's fine. At that it's point, thank you guys time. for everybody that listened all the way up until this point. We don't have any listener stories this time around. So it's going to be Tipsy Tales. It's on Facebook, Tipsy Tales, like our page. Um, add any sort of stories. We would love to hear it. If you want to message us separately with your story again we'd love to hear it not only that if you want to just give us any feedback on the stories that we're telling or if you have any stories that you want to hear let us know definitely we'll we'll definitely look into it all right you guys it's been a good night happy monday have a great week night good night Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Tipsy Tales. Music by Jesse Biscata, artwork by Sergio Hernandez. And if you're listening on iTunes, please don't forget to rate and review. Thanks.